0: In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or
1: management of Togenet
0: Radio, Togenet Entertainment,
1: or The Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. From the website, girlfriendit.com and the movement girlfriendit, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com.
0: Okay, question. Do you have a real, raw, rich and rewarding you have to have that a mouthful. Say that, that's fine. <laughs> I like how those R words. <laughs> do you have a I'll have to do it again now. Do you have a real, raw, rich and rewarding friendship in your life? I do, thank you. <laughs> That would be me, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you have to say that. You're sitting here. <laughs> well, that is our topic today because we want to just figure out about friendships and maybe a, a few healthy tips on how you can have those relationships. And I think we're going into some danger
2: zones with friendships because we're going to be talking with some guests about things that maybe women think about but maybe aren't real comfortable verbalizing. So it's not going to be the fluff of friendships necessarily, but it's going to be the real and raw, but also the rich and rewarding, like you said. So welcome to Girlfriend-It,
0: a a great place to connect and girlfriendify your life. We're Lisa and Patty. Well we have been looking at numerous studies and research. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Are you going data and statistics on me here? Because that's so not you. No, I'm not. I'm not going
2: data. These are just concepts. Okay, good. I wish I did have the data, but I couldn't remember all the statistics. Because your
0: world frightens (laughs) and confuses me sometimes. Well, the research does show that we need our girlfriends. Even though I'm not giving you all the statistics on that. But the girlfriends make us happy, and they're good for our health, and they complete us. Can you imagine that? And they're cheaper than therapy, oh, as yeah. we always say. And they're they're just as good, if not better, than retail therapy, all absolutely. the other kind of therapies out there. Because being around you, I can actually breathe, and I don't stress out as much. You you make me be incredible. I just <laughs> want you to know that <laughs> because I'm always telling you how wonderful you are. Is absolutely. that why? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Because you're my best cheerleader. And you help inspire and motivate and you nurture me. And so we want to do that for others as well. Okay, but let me ask a question because as we
2: go into today's show, we have three guests that are going to give us three different aspects of friendship. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions that kind of lead us into the show and some of the things we're going to be talking about. What do you do when you experience a divorce and a friendship? That's kind of an interesting term because we always associate divorce with a marriage. But a lot of times a really close friendship is... It's just as emotionally close as a marriage. Yeah, you like and it feels it. like a divorce when when the friendship um, stops or quits or, or you know ends, and so it's 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 painful like that. Okay, another question: How do you handle pursue balance friendships during the season when you're the like the mother of young children?
0: Yeah, and you feel like all you have time is to change the twenty thousand diapers that you're changing. you're just surviving yeah. to yeah. the day. So it's like have friendships that's a luxury and that, yet that's the most significant time when that's when you really feel, need them. yeah you're feeling so isolated because <laughs> you need a cheerleader then <laughs> yeah. you need someone to change the diaper for. exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay and, and,
2: and lastly how do you deal with like you know a mother-daughter friendship because I love being you know friends with, with our daughters when um when the daughter decides it's time to grow up
0: and she goes away to college or she gets married and you have to let go and and you know that that's the whole reason why you were there is to help them be independent, and you want them to get out of the house and not like grow up in your backyard. Yes, and be attached, but it's hard. So today
2: we're gonna girlfriend a lot these these topics and these discussions with some, some really real rem- women that are, are been willing to come on. That's really hard to say. I feel like <laughs> a wabbit.
0: <women. laughs> a really real women. Um, And, and, you know, we've been working on this topic for a decade now of really, truly, passionately wanting to change the culture because I know we both were in the corporate world and we saw just so many women, um, that that competitive spirit and continuously looking at someone else and um, comparing ourselves to them and, and, and just feeling so ordinary rather than, having those women, you know, surrounding each other and helping each other do the remarkable, cheering each other on, inspiring, you know, supporting each other. How do we change the culture to really, truly have each other's back? Well, and friendships are really,
2: um, they're a delicate topic because I think really as women, if we were honest, we all really desire them. Yet there's different levels of friendship. and And so many times we don't have the tools to go in because we haven't been modeled like what a healthy friendship looks like or we haven't really seen one. And and it's so easy for a friendship to go kind of dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. sometimes we get in the way because we want what's best for us. And I think one of
0: the values of friendship is always looking out for the other person Mm -hmm. and what is best for them. And the trust. Like with you and I, I know that you have my back no matter what. I know that whatever comes out of these lips, you know, be it not appropriate things or, or, or something. You can't that be inappropriate <laughs> with those lips sometimes. <laughs> it will never be repeated because there's a trust factor that I think so many women have never had that.
3: Yes. Or to truly yes.
0: know, no matter what I say, it, it's between us. Well, and we know that women have
2: been wounded. We've all been wounded in friendships and hurt. We're going to even talk about that a little later. We're going to share some of our little stories. Um, and that's like, it's not... Um, if you get wounded in a friendship, it's, it's when because you will get wounded. But it's, but it's how do you handle that? How do you move past that? Mm-hmm. Do you go, I am never going to have another friend again because I don't trust anybody? And that's what a lot of women do. Yeah. And so they isolate themselves because I've been burned once and I'm never going to go there again. And we really want to help guide women through that and go, okay, conflict is inevitable in any relationship. So it's how do you how do you like navigate through that and go? I value this friendship. And part mm-hmm. of the value, like we said, is the trusting aspect mm-hmm. and being honest. Mm-hmm. I think as women, we have a really hard time being honest because we kind of take the scenic route through honesty where we kind of go along and we think we're dealing with the issue. And that's one of the things I really love about you. And oh, tell me. I know. I knew you wanted me to just <laughs> go there because you are, you are very black and white, your temperament. And so you will just tell it like it is, and you'll get it out there, and then you feel really great because you've dealt with the issue. And my I see the wounded t- yes you do and my and my temperament is I'm much more feeling oriented so I feel it so it's like oh oh no and and so we have learned how to go this is how you're wired this is how I'm wired
0: we don't take it personally yeah yeah and I actually I really value when other people treat me that way and I just recently had a girlfriend that called me up and said you know hey when you said this I felt this way and I I apologized profusely and I told her, okay, I love the fact that, because she's not one, that she's not a confronter, she's a runner. Yeah. And she wouldn't normally, (laughs) yeah, she would normally not deal with conflict. So the fact that our relationship meant that much to her her, that she would call me up and say, you know, I was hurt by this, um, I, I couldn't get over that. And I kept telling her, I am so proud of you that you came to me. And she's probably like, okay, this is really weird. I just told you what you you said. And, you know, I apologize, but I, I really did. I walked away going, our relationship means that much to her that she's not going to stuff it and explode it later or run from it. Mm-hmm. She's going to go, this is how I felt. And it usually is just a miscommunication. I There is no way that I would ever do anything to intentionally hurt her feelings. No. And you know what? So many times it's just little things
2: that happen in a friendship that can actually fester and destroy a friendship. Yes. And so if we learn to deal with it right away, then then it can really alleviate a lot of things, and we just come to an understanding. It goes back to communication. As we yes. know, communication in any relationship is so significant
0: and yes. how we do that. Well, I have to tell you, I had ex- Exciting things happen this weekend. As you know, my girlfriend, Lori Hood, from childhood... Okay, I got to tell you, it's always so funny because whenever you talk about people in your life, it's always their first and last name. Lori (laughs) Hood,
2: it's not just like the first name. So I know all these people from your past. I know their their first and last name because it goes together. So Lori Hood. Lori Hood, yes.
0: And she was from elementary school all the way through junior high and then all the way through, halfway through high school, actually, not all the way through. And she ended up moving... Um, her parents were getting a divorce. they ended up moving across the country, and she came back to visit me one time um, through our high school years, and then I never saw her again. And it was one of those I mean, I do not have abandonment issues at all, but it was one of those where I literally kind of felt, wow, you know she just she left.
2: She evaporated. She
0: totally, completely evaporated, and a bunch of our girlfriends... You're not used to people
2: evaporating from your life unless you Ever. give them permission to.
0: Ever. <laughs> I don't think you gave her permission, did you? <laughs> no, I did not, and so it really bothered me. There was a few times where I, I literally had dreams about her, like meeting her again, and so interesting enough, one of our girlfriends um, did her little research and found her, her dad, and I hooked up with Lori Hood this weekend, so it was so... Okay, neat. well, what's up? Did you have... It was a kind of like, like you get a little
2: bit of butterflies in your stomach that somebody you haven't talked to in all those years. And...
0: Well, it was, it, it was weird because it evokes so many emotions and so many memories that you go back to. Yeah. And yet you hang up the phone, and, and, and we don't, we've only talked once, and we're scheduling one for today. I wish I could have just had her on the radio. But um, we're scheduling another conversation, and we're definitely going to you know, meet up. So it's just interesting because you walk away going, oh, okay, that was nice. Rather than, you know, the music didn't start and the balloons didn't get set <laughs> and,
2: and I didn't run slowly through the meadow, the like fireworks didn't go <laughs> off like Disneyland.
0: <laughs> so that was kind of interesting. It was just one of those that you walk away going, okay, wow, that was the coolest day that we finally connected, and yet, um, it just kind of left me craving more. I wanted to find out more about what she's doing, and so it was. It was really. Really exciting.
2: Well, you know what? We love quotes, and there's so many. You, you, there's so many great friendship quotes, and one of them: "Truth and tears clear the way to a deep and lasting friendship." And I know, I know, we only have a, a, a little bit of time before we go into the break, but want to leave us with them. I know that we've had little things that come up that we have learned to like deal with it right away, and and we've been honest. And otherwise, things kind of stuff and pile up, and then they explode at one time. And I remember sitting on an airplane with you one time, and we. We weren't doing well, and I went into my isolation mode, and it's kind of quiet sitting on the seat, and you kind of looked at me, and we had breakfast burritos in our hands, and I'm staring out the window, and you said, are we okay? And I said, no, not really, but let me finish my, my burrito, and then we can talk, and you wouldn't let me finish my burrito. You, you scooted over to the seat next to me, and we're like almost sitting on my lap going, we're going to talk now. And then we the we a, burrito yes. gets cold. You're going to go and tell me what I did. Yes, <laughs> but we dealt with it, and then we started laughing, and then it was it just diffused it. So we're just going to going we're going to be talking with Kathy coming in the next segment, of talking about a friendship that didn't last, you know, and that was very very painful when it ended. And so, you know, we can have those things, but we have we learn to really you know that communication, and sometimes we can control the endings, and sometimes we can't. Absolutely, and
0: we really are friends. We always say we're. We're two in one body. Yeah. How is that? We're we're one soul with one skin on. So something stay, like that. Stay tuned to hear a little bit more.
1: is Girlfriend it on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more girlfriendit radio right after these. <laughs> Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Toginet. on toginet.com. Mommy Mentor with Phyllis Pometta is on TogiNet, Tuesday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. The Mommy Mentor is all about family, daily life struggles, saving money, weight loss, cooking, organizing, relationships, and a touch of inspiration and motivation. Phyllis ensures through the Mommy Mentor that moms have a voice, a shoulder, a friend. Phyllis is an amazing woman who has the ability to weather the storm with her pearls on and keep right on going. And the mommy mentor was born of that spirit. Because at any given moment, you might find yourself in need of support from someone who has been there. And Phyllis has definitely been there. With her husband and three kids, the struggles they faced, that's what The Mommy Mentor is all about. One mommy showing support for another mommy. Whether you're a seasoned veteran mommy or a brand new mommy, The Mommy Mentor is here to offer you support, share stories, connect on a spiritual level, and make new friends. Check out themommymentor.com. And then don't miss the show, The Mommy Mentor with Phyllis Palmetta. Tuesday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, on togynet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
0: Okay, the death of a friend is equivalent to the loss of a limb. We Ow. have, Ow. <laughs> oh, I know, severed. Kathy Morgan we have next um, as our guest, and she's a strong leader who works with teams and leads several ministries. And, Kathy, i just love to hear your input. Um, I know you've had several friends, and you have several really strong close friends, but not always in your, your years of youth have you had those friends that have um, gone the way that you want it to go, those friendships. So tell us a little bit about that loss of a limb in one of your friendships. Well first of all hi you guys. I um I think this is uh an interesting subject just because uh, with women relationships are are so hugely important and you know we were made to live connected and and closely with each other. Um I think um uh, live long enough and you will understand what it's like I think to go through a friendship that maybe doesn't go the direction that you you think it's going to go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um and I know there's seasons in life, and I'm, I'm uh, let's just say, I'm not in my 20s or 30s or 40s anymore. Okay, and, let me and figure
2: that one out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so all that to say, I, I look at friendships and relationships differently now than when I was a whole lot younger. Uh-huh. And um, I know there were times when, uh, there was a time when we moved, and I just kind of went into hermit mode, and I thought, I am not going to get close to anybody because it is going to feel like you're losing a, a limb or something. Um, but, you know, it hurts. It hurts when uh, a friendship that is very near and dear to your heart goes by the wayside. And, and uh, you know, I think sometimes, for me anyway, it was just a slow changing in each of our lives and so our path just kind of went different directions but um and your temperament plays a lot into it i tend to be the type of person that i'm not going to give up i'm i'm not a lever. and and you know what kind of friend leaves but um you you know some friendships end up being kind of toxic and all that to say looking back over my elderly shoulder here i I think I learned in life, it's not hard to decide uh, what kind of friendships you want. When you're young, there's cool people around, you've got a lot of common interests, and it's just great. Yeah, these are going to be friends, and they're going to be close, and they're going to be near and dear, and they'll probably be around forever. It's kind of how you approach it, at least I did, but what I learned is what's hard that, that part is easy, looking around going, ah, oh, these are cool. These are cool people. Um, love to sit around, have coffee, coffee, talk about our kids, deal with our children and our homes and stuff. But what's hard is figuring out what needs to go by the wayside to have the kind of friendships that are good and healthy. And, and I, that was hard for me. to, to what, slowly... what did you do? When you say those, those friendships that go by the wayside, um, you know, and we call those those toxic relationships that you're in. And, and uh, with, with women, a lot of times we don't want to sever those. We don't want to get rid of that, that limb. And mm-hmm. yet you have to really start evaluating your friendships and go, which ones are bringing me up and lifting me up and which ones are really pulling me down into the basement?
2: Well, and right. a lot of times those toxic friendships are very fun friendships. You know, one time you have a lot of fun with them, but then you realize that you're paying a price for for the fun. And so you have to make a decision sometimes and deal with it.
0: Uh uh For me, in my gut, and this might sound very simplistic, but in my gut, when you feel like, Uh. ah, that angst inside, to me that was like a, uh, a red light going on on the dashboard of your car. There's something not right and and i would and i think a lot of women do this we think oh just one more conversation will make it right or we just need to communicate on a b and c and then that will make it right but but the truth is sometimes it it's like a black hole that you can't ever fill and no matter how hard you pedal you you can't make it right and of course love is patient and love always hopes but you do come to the point in time when it's affecting maybe other areas of your life. It's affecting your family, your home life, because you're constantly thinking, "I've got to give to this person," um, because what kind of friend wouldn't? Um, when it when that red light on the dashboard of your car kind kind of thing goes on, that's when I I learned you've got to evaluate. And yes, it's going to feel like your your limb is cut off, but um, you just kind of have to to deal with it. And what I didn't realize is um, I think sometimes we want for what we are losing or what we feel like we're going to lose, um, but God wants to give us what we never had. And I have learned by letting go of some of these uh, relationships that that have not met, been for the best um, Boy, God has just brought some amazing, incredible friendships that I don't think I would have if I had tried to pedal hard and fast and the other way. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think you do sometimes need permission almost to, mm-hmm. to look at those friendships and mm-hmm. really evaluate which ones you need to maybe, as, as we call it, snip-snip, and that sounds um, kind of cruel, and where's the grace? you know, offered, but mm-hmm. yet you really do. You need to look at those toxic ones and go, okay, what what am I missing, like you said, that God's going to, you know, bring in mm-hmm. the blessings of relationships? What am I missing when I'm holding on to these toxic ones? Mm-hmm. And and a lot of times you can't, because you're emotionally connected, you can't see the forest for the trees. And so uh, it's, it's hard. Uh, I will say, though, um, I know personally, I had to come to the point in my life, um, friends aren't the end all. And uh, as I think in my 20s and 30s, that was just, it was so important to those, those relationships, those friendships. And it was only after, and, and I, I was a Christ follower, but it was only after I let go and said, okay, God, and you get to a point where sometimes it feels so lonely, and it's it's just you and God. Mm-hmm. And once I did that and said, you know what, I am totally filled up here. That doesn't mean I didn't have, quote-unquote, friends. But after I lost that uh, deep uh, friendship, like, like you say, lo- losing that limb, I just said, you know, this is okay. And, boy, I saw life in a different way. And it was it was very very freeing and a whole lot uh, healthier, and I I believe I could be all that that God wanted me to be, and nothing was holding me back. And the thing is, I I didn't know what I didn't know, and and so that's why I've learned now since then. Boy, if if something inside starts to feel very pulled on, and and I'm a giver, I don't I don't want to say that I don't want. Anyone to think that boy, she's a stick in the mud. I'll give and give and give, but I think we all know when someone's using and, and abusing us. Yeah. Um, as far as our time and and our intentions and stuff like that, um, so we we all know when we cross that line. And boy, no more. That um, I I believe now I have some healthy boundaries. And um, and and I don't know, they're God's problem. Yeah. <laughs> and
2: Cass, how did you realize mm-hmm. the toxicity if that's a word in in a in friendship in and, and one that you, you know, had experienced that went, you know, a different direction right. than you anticipated? And how can people re- um recognize some of the toxic toxic symptoms? Toxic. Yeah, it's 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 hard to recognize and hard to say. How do because people may going, "Okay, well, what does toxic look like?"
0: Well, I I think if if there just is a lot of dissension in the in the friendship, you you're just kind of hassling over stupid stuff, um, or if if there's there's anger that just doesn't seem to go away with this person, and uh, they're very dissatisfied, and it's it's just it's a very difficult thing to get up in the morning thinking, oh, I'm going to see so and so for coffee today, and and um, and you know it's going to just mess with your head, and it's not its not a good, uh, healthy situation. And, um, I mean, we all have our, like you say, our breakfast burrito kind of times. Every friendship has that. I'm not talking acquaintance. I'm talking a, a good friend. We all have those kinds of times. But if that's what it's like every time you see this person, it's a breakfast burrito hassle, mm-hmm. then... There's something wrong with, you know, the friendship. Okay, and, like, and you know that's going to be our new gig now. <laughs> is this a breakfast burrito <laughs> moment, or can we move on? <laughs> a BB moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is funny. And, you know, you really do have to, like you said, it's not just those acquaintances, but when you have those strong friendships, when you're in that, you know, Jonathan um, and, David. and David, you know, mm. that kindred spirit, and you're moving forward, it's, it's contractual. You have to... And you
2: sign the friendship in blood going, we have committed for life, and then all of a sudden <laughs> life starts unraveling in the friendship. It is yeah. really, really... It's like you said, Kath, it's painful, and it's really hard because this person is, has taken your heart. Yeah, right. No? Right. And it's like, right. and to let go of that and to move past them, it is, it is such a grieving process, and I think sometimes we don't recognize that... Um, especially with women, we, we do grieve in our friendships and, how to, you know, that grieving process. And that's when we just need to give ourselves time and, like you said, realize that the ultimate friend is, is God. And that doesn't, I'm not saying
0: that in a trite way, but he's the one that fills that, that void. Yeah. And we have one minute, Kath. What would be a tip to our listeners on friendship? Uh, life is so short. And I know um, probably all of us have had times when we've thought, "Ah and, and regrets, why did I just keep constantly pouring into that bottomless pit don't don't waste don't waste the time um, There's too many really awesome, amazing people out there that you can give uh, a listening ear and caring and compassion and just doing life together in a way that will fill you up and them up and be pleasing. Um, God in in the process. Um, Well, thank you so much, Kathy, for being on our show today. And we just want to end this segment with one quote, nothing but heaven itself is better than a friend, really a friend. Stay tuned as we talk to Heidi and dig into some more relationships.
1: This is Girlfriend it on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it radio right after these. Are you going through a crisis? Do you have a tough question you want an answer to? This is your show. It's Brilliant Essence with Astrid Stromberg. Monday afternoons at 6, 5 central on Togginet.com. Brilliant Essence speaks to the empowerment of women to find their highest power. Your host, Astrid Stromberg, channels answers to the toughest questions women ask of themselves. Issues ranging from divorce, to gifted children, to am I safe to fly, to where's my soulmate, your life's mission, your lucky streak, and your highest self all come to life with Brilliant Essence. Astrid specializes in spirit communication and spirit life empowerment. She is the founder of Brilliant Essence and contributor to the book, Living Our Soul Map, Unleashing the War your goddess within. For more information on Astrid and Brilliant Essence, go to BrilliantEssence.com, giving you the power to be. It's Brilliant Essence with Astrid Stromberg. Monday afternoons at 6, 5 Central, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
2: Okay, you know what? We've been talking about friendships and just not necessarily the fluff of friendships, but the real and the raw aspects of our friendship. And with us now is Heidi and Patty, I just have to ask you a question, Is was what your first relationship, how many times we say that our first significant girlfriend was our mom, and, and then a lot of times that relationship um, kind of sets the stage for our future relationships and our girlfriends. And I know Patty and I have, um, we, we were blessed to have moms that really, that kind of modeled the friendship for us and left a legacy, and that's why we are so passionate to help other women just develop healthy friendships. What was your relationship with your mom like? Did you happen to have a really great relationship with your mom, and, and where does where does that go back to?
3: Well, good morning. Um, <laughs> to answer your question. Yeah, mouthful. I just um, kind of dumped it on you. <laughs> well, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I would have to say my mom was not my friend. Um, I purposely went out of my way to try to avoid her in most cases because it was work for me. My um, mom was um, the type of person very um, codependent upon me, being the oldest, um, oldest child, and being a single mother of four, she really relied on me a lot of ways. Um, that isn't a normal mother-daughter sort of situation. Um, and I think because of that, relationship with my mom, I found that as I was creating lifelong friendships, I didn't feel like I had anything to add except to be that nurturer, caretaker, things like that, and on the outside, it looked like, you know, it looked like I was doing it all in the friendship, but really on the inside... I needed that person to validate me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes.
2: So did you kind of almost in a sense become the mother
3: in that relationship? Yes. Yes, always. And that was the only way I felt like I could earn my position within that relationship. And I would always feel guilty if I had a burden that I needed to share. You know, I would feel like this person has way too much on their plate, so I would hold it in and not feel like it was a 50-50, mm-hmm. even though it was, you know, the agreement that I went into and set up with a friend in the beginning. Eventually, I would grow tired and weary of the friendship, and, you know, it would exhaust me, and um, so I would naturally in self-preservation try to pull away from that friend a little bit so that I could gain some balance but and I know we talk a lot about toxic relationships and things like that and but I think a lot of times we go into those relationships with our eyes wide open and in some in some instances especially if we're Christian and they're not um you do have to Sort of set some boundaries and and reevaluate where you are with that person. You know, um, you know, if you can't share it, if you can't share your burdens with that person, then it's not a good relationship for you to be in. Yeah, um,
0: and you know what, Heidi, um,
3: that's a really good point. When you're
0: talking about those relationships, um, so many times it does start with our mothers too, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. You, you don't even know that you, the lens that you're going into your future friendships really started with how your mom reacted to you and how you responded to her. and Because that's all you know. And that's all you're modeling. Right. That is really the first relationship of
2: female in, in your life. And so either you get the nurturing from her or you, you don't, and you, you realize quickly how kind of to define relationship right. and whether right. you can depend on somebody else or, or you can't. And all those emotions that you were, you were talking about, Heidi, is, is, so, is so true because I, I just think it back and even with our own mom, you go back to that and I go, my mom was a nurturer mm-hmm. and I tend to be a little more nurturing and that's how it affected my mothering skills because you tend to, to you know, respond to other people like you were responded to.
0: Well, mm-hmm. and it's, it's so interesting because we didn't realize that. Like I said, you know, in our decade of trying to figure out um, the culture of women and the relationship, it took us a while to even realize that that was the foundation and the base was the mother-daughter relationships that are so significant in, in moving forward. And even some of the gals that we know who did not have a mother mm-hmm. and their father raised them, they said it was a woman in their life that an Mm -hmm. aunt or, you know, someone that came in as a mentor and breathed into them, that's how they got their look and their lens on relationships.
2: Yeah, and that's why it's so important even to just
0: to create that community among women of the
2: multi-generation so that we are, as the older women, (laughs) are really pouring into the younger ones to go, this is what it can look like and this is what it should look like, and you don't have to settle for this. And and then passing it on to the next generation. So we're passing on a healthy culture just to the next generation.
3: Right. Well, I was really blessed with a wonderful Christian grandmother. And I will tell you that a lot of times, you know, I am thinking through what would she do in this situation? How would she handle, you know, and I have learned as I've gone along, you know, the Proverbs, you know, 1320, You know, he he walks with the wise, grows wise. And, you know, your bestie should definitely be equally yoked as your husband should be. And um, so for me, it's it's really good, you know, friends are the family that you get to pick. So, um, you know, I'm just finding that there are so many great women at church and in the communities and things like that that you can pick, you know, a 50-50, you know, someone that's just as giving and nurturing as you are. And um, so not that I've X'd anybody out of my life, but I heard you guys talking earlier about just setting up the boundaries and really knowing what you want out of a relationship and what you are willing to give, you know, and um, without, you know, taking away from your family responsibilities and things like that. Because after I had the twins, I just realized if 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 our relationship was already sort of you know on shaky ground, I just didn't have the energy to maintain it, and yeah. you know I, I probably hurt some feelings and things like that, which was not my intention and um you know i, I you know I have to pray for forgiveness for that, but I just felt like, you know, my family's my first responsibility. I can't, you know, talk to you on the phone for two hours a day, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. But so so sometimes that women happened? are very high-maintenance. What, what specifically happened where you felt like it was a toxic
0: relationship?
3: Um, well, I'm, I'm just trying to think of um, one girlfriend in particular um, we were very close in church and everything, and um, we just had a separation of beliefs. And I was—I um, I don't know—I I really can't say what happened to that relationship, except that I really didn't have the time to um, to spend three or four hours a day with her, either on the phone or in person or things like that. I, I just. I just didn't have what she needed. Mm-hmm. I guess I wasn't. I didn't have that much to give. You know what I'm saying. And well, this how was a friendship. Being like a mom of young
2: of young kids, just really affected. I, I, I know, like you talk like your energy level. Do you view friendships as a luxury at this season, or is really something that you need that is really a, a need in your life?
3: You know, I after the twins were born, I joined a. Um, Mothers of Multiples group, uh-huh. and, and that was primarily to get my needs met. I mean, it was these women have knowledge that I need, <laughs> and um, actually through the course of that, I've developed some really wonderful relationships because now new moms come in and, and I can offer advice and wisdom to them. So even though I'm not really giving necessarily advice back to the women who gave me advice. I'm sort of passing it on to the next group of ladies that come in. But outside of, you know, I I do feel like a lot of times friendship is a luxury that sometimes I can't afford. Um, And I know that sounds sad because it says, you know, Mother Teresa said, if we have no peace, it's because we forget that we belong to each other. And that is so true. It's like, you um you really look for somebody and sometimes it's hard to communicate that with your husband. It's sort of like a different language you speak with girlfriends. Yeah. And um, you know, my problem is I let the friendship get one sided, you know, because that is where I find my value and my my identity. And um and then I almost self sabotage because I let it continue to go on like that, even though I I can't really, you know, keep that, maintain that. You do you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: So what do you look for in a friendship when you're going in, because I mean, coming from your the past lens of not really having a healthy friendship modeled, how do you know mm-hmm. what you really are looking for in a friendship?
3: Well, generally, you know, I... um. I like fun, laughter, things like that. I just think so many areas of life is so much work. Now, I read a book recently called Relationships, A Mess Worth Making, and it has opened my eyes in so many areas. I mean, even with my mom, any relationship that you have, um, you know, they talk about, um, you know, personal growth and development is – It all comes from relationships And um, You know Paul Tripp He's one of the writers of the book He says on this side of heaven Relationships are always Shaped in the forge of struggle Because none of us get to Relate or even be perfect people Mm -hmm. So I've Learned that Every relationship is going to take work So through that I um, I've all I've just look for someone that I can um, have fun with and who will tell me straight out, you know, we need to pray about this because this is an area that I see, you know, I want someone to speak truth into my life and help me grow as a Christian, as a mother, as a wife, as a woman, um, you know, someone who will challenge me. So that's really probably two things. And, like I said before, someone that can walk along beside me and, you know, uh, be equally yoked and, and have the same beliefs, set of beliefs and things like that as I do. You
2: know what, Heidi? Thank you so much. And speaking the truth to each other is so significant. We're coming back next.
1: This is Girlfriended on TuggiNet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio, right after these. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these Soul Sisters Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central, part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to instruct Inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, FairyTaleWishes Inc. com. And for Diana, the next big zing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. with Green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday. You'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online too at celebrategreen.net and greenhalloween.org for more information, the newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to celebrate green, the radio show with Lynn and Corey, Wednesdays at noon central time, starting November 4th on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
2: We're talking friendships, the real, the raw, the rich and rewarding, and so many times the rich and rewarding aspects of friendships is the friendships we have with our daughters. And I know sometimes it's really hard when, as moms, our our daughters grow up and, you know, just in spite of, you know, what we try to keep them, the little girls inside. But they grow up and they go away, they go to college, they get married, and we have to learn how to let them go. And I know our next guest, Connie, has experienced that letting go as she watched her little girl go away to college recently. And I know that evokes so many emotions because I've been there. Connie, welcome to the show. And can you just tell us a little bit about how that feels as a mom to watch your little girl go away to college.
0: Yeah, good morning. Um, you know, it's, it's not easy. You think you're ready, and all of a sudden these flashbacks, of photos of her um, going off to kindergarten and all those letting go training steps that we thought prepared us is never, um, you're never ready the moment you leave them. Um, we drove her uh, 400 miles away to L.A. of all places, and... Um, when you walk away, it's um, it's painful. And um, coming home to an empty home, her room um, is is empty. Her parking place is there, yeah. <laughs> and the dog's looking around for her. It's almost um, you know not to, to sound morbid, but it's almost like a death in the family. I can yeah. smell her, and the other day I swore I heard a voice say, "Mom." Um, you know, all of those things that um, that you do get caught up in, in just the pain of it, but um, it's, it's also amazing because we have, again, going back to thinking it's, it's a training process that we go through in those growing up stages, and, um, you know, we raise our children to hopefully and prayerfully become young adults to um, become even, you know, older adults to make a difference in other people's lives, and it's... That's what's helping me to let go—is that hope that um, you know she's. We've done everything we can, and we've guided her, and hopefully taught her right from wrong enough that um, it's time for her to to spread her wings and uh-huh. and, and soar. Well,
2: yeah. and I, you know, I Connie, I I have been there, and I remember the, the drive home because we took our our daughter four hundred miles away, dropped her off, and I remember just that embrace of that hugging goodbye and getting mm. in the car. And I just remember um, riding home with the rest of our family, my husband, and we actually had a, a friend go with us, just driving home in silence because you're you're, you're, all the memories of childhood start flooding your mind, and you see her as that little girl going to kindergarten, and you see all those things. And I don't know what you did when you came home, but I went and sat in, in her room, and um, I had my computer, and I just was bawling, and I would started journaling because I just mm. wanted to be in her space. Mm-hmm. And I just, just kind of have just my alone time, and I just started just typing my thoughts of that moment. And like you said, it's, it's happy-sad because this is what you, you raise your kids to do is go spread their wings and go live life, and yet you're, you're grieving that. So, okay, what, how did, what did you do when you came back from, from dropping your daughter off? How did, what were some of the first things you did?
0: Um, actually, we didn't come home right away. Um, we stayed, my husband has family there, so we went in, and, um, visited with his mom. And, you know, I was very intentional for me. I wanted this to, this is our our youngest, so we are now officially empty nesters
3: mm-hmm.
0: for however long until they all come back. Yes, but, uh, and sometimes they do. <laughs> yeah, and and if, you know, um, but for the time, I wanted to be very intentional of, um, making a special time for my husband and not to be, um, you know, still allowing those emotions to be real because he's grieving too, but he's not going to ex- going to express it the way I would, and yeah. I I didn't want it to be such a a mourning period. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I was more intentional of making it a special time for us because it is an exciting time, and, um, it is. <laughs> and this is.
2: It Patty I grieved for, like, a week or so, and then it was like... Then
0: she was celebrating. <laughs> She's especially exactly. celebrating when she comes over and sees my day. Exactly. And
2: I see I, young kids, and I go, okay, I'll try really hard not to remind you that I'm an empty nester.
0: And you don't try very hard because you remind me
2: <laughs> daily. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's funny.
2: But, it, but it, you know what's so cool, though? is it's just, Even with the technology today, though, with the cell phones and the Skyping and all that, you can still stay in contact with them, and sometimes you're even in more contact than when they're living right around you because you're more intentional to make sure that you connect and communicate.
0: Right. In fact, um, you know, that could be a good thing. It could also be a bad thing. Yeah. I want to make sure I'm not smothering her. I want to I give her enough space that I'm not hovering over her going, what are you doing now? What are you doing now? Yeah. Um, I mean, we did so much together these last four weeks. You know, I was just trying to soak up every minute I could with her. We go to get coffee. We're together all the time. There's just silly things, running errands. And um, I have to be very careful that I'm not texting her, you know, while she's in class and things like that. But I do, it is... Very nice that I can I can just pick up the phone and text her and just say, "Hey, I'm thinking of you, I'm praying for you um, power classes and um, it, and we don't have Skype yet but you know we have the Facebook, we have the cell phones obviously and, and all of that So that does make it very nice and we can stay connected and I am doing the um, I'm doing a little photo album for her uh, that's kind I'm... of helping me through that. That the photo album, that is such a great idea. And I agree, Connie, you have to watch because you, you don't want to be that overwhelming mother. And mm-hmm. sometimes you need a girlfriend to come alongside you
1: to even Absolutely. explain that.
0: To go, Okay, you're borderline hovering unhealthy unhealthily mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I have a girlfriend who she says she knows she's being unhealthy with it and she goes it's just kind of this addictive behavior that she'll find herself walking through the house and she keeps like every 20, 30 minutes she's checking the computer to see if her daughter's been on Facebook.
2: And you're not hypothetically talking about me because I wasn't on (laughs) there. I have a friend, (laughs) my friend, quote unquote, (laughs) whose daughter went away, um, I was more the one reminding you I was an empty nester. Yeah, yeah, you
0: were still celebrating, but um, <laughs> I do think you have to, you know, you have to have someone come along and go, "All right, you need to really figure that out, or you're going to drive your daughter crazy, or you're going to drive yourself
2: crazy." Well, and I think it goes back to um, so many women. And that's why we are um, really motivated to help women discover who they are and to have their, live out their purpose, because I think so many times as women. Um, they, they live vicariously through their daughters a lot of times, so when their daughters go away, their purpose has kind of gone away. And so if we've learned over the years to kind of grow ourselves as our children are growing, then it's not so devastating when they go away because, yeah, it it, it hurts and we're sad. Because I would, I did, I grieved my daughter, but then I kind of got my daughter back as in a different package as a friend, and now she's one of my best friends. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like I think it's how we go into it and then, and like you said, having those girlfriends to go, okay, l- let's
0: go. Yeah, Absolutely. let's go. Absolutely. I think the more you allow your, your kids to um, have failures while they're at home yes. prepares them more to go out into the real world, and it, it gives you more of a sense of peace that they're more prepared, if that makes sense. That is such a great thing because there's so that's, many... he kind of
2: did. My, and my husband was really great with that because I was more the one that was, um, I didn't want them to fail as much, you know, they wanted to protect them. And my husband's like, okay, we need to let out the leash a little bit and let them fail because I'd rather them fail when they're under our roof so we're there for them than wait till they get out and go crazy and then we're not around. Exactly. So I think if we can, like you said, let them fail even when they're under our roof, It makes it, it gives you more confidence to go, okay, they know how to handle life. They know how to handle setbacks when they're out there on their own. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. But we want to protect them in any way we can so they don't have to go through those failures and those setbacks. And that can be really detrimental to them Mm
2: -hmm. in the long run.
0: Well, I was even um, laughing at, you know, you try to guard their heart so much and you're praying all the time that, you know, to keep them from Evil and oppression, and yet uh, my oldest, 16, just started a job and he comes home with these stories of, you know, some of the people that he's working with, even. And it makes me laugh because you, you try so hard, and then, yes, they are out in the world. I mean, they're going to face all kinds of things that they're going to see, and we do want to just keep them locked up in their, in their bedroom yeah, where yeah. they don't the face. Harm's way, and that hurt's life. Yeah. So,
2: Connie, okay, we only have a couple minutes left, and the time remaining, how have you gone through this grieving period? What are you doing? How, what is some advice you would give women that are, are approaching the letting go stage? Because we have friends that are going, okay, this is my last year that my, my daughter's going to be at home, and I just am, I'm just already grieving, you know, a year in advance. What are some, some tips that you would give other women?
0: Well, especially to the married women, um, our husbands are to be our number one relationship in the in the household, and I think too often we can put our our children first, and that makes the grieving process all the all the harder because then you're sitting across the table from this your strange. spouse, going, "Who are you?" Yeah, um, you know, years down the road, and I think um, that's how God has designed it, and that's how it should be with our spouse being number one, and um, Embracing that change, you know, we have a choice. We can either, you know, go through the grieving and, and self-pity and, and wallow in it and sink into a depression, or we can embrace it and say, yeah, this is a great season in our life, and um, we're going to enjoy each other and, and you know, watch our children soar. Um, the truth is, is, is children are a gift from God. And um, so my, my tip would be that we, we for me, I, I trust God. He's... he's They're now in His hands. They always have been. And, um, you know, He's going to protect them. He's going to provide for them. And um, He will never leave them. And that brings me great peace in in just knowing that um, they're His and He has a plan for them. And um, there's nothing I can do. So
2: You know, and that's such a great point because we have to remember as moms that God loves our children even more than we we Mm. do, and that's hard to fathom. But we have to let go and just trust that they're in His care. Absolutely. And that we've done what we can do, and and that you kind of leave the rest to God and just let them kind of grow up and spread their wings. And I always think of that, you know, a butterfly in the cocoon. You know, they gotta they gotta ruffle some things to get the strength. And so, and and then also just praying for your children. There's so much power in praying for your children. And and who knows better specifically how to pray for their child than, the, than a mom? And I think as mom, that's one thing we can come together with each other and just really learn how to how to pray and to, to let go of our children and let them be who they were created to be. So thank you, Connie, for just sharing this part of the journey with us. Oh, thank
0: you. Absolutely. I love you guys' show. Thank you. Emils. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.